0: And welcome back. It's Midday on Politics. I'm Tom Hall. We're talking about the goings-on in the House of Representatives and the prospects for how Republicans will govern now that they have sorted out Kevin McCarthy's journey to the Speaker's chair. My guest is Russell Berman. He's a staff writer for The Atlantic. Russell, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And thanks for your time. Um, let's talk about a few of the things that uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, needed to cut a deal about. Um, this motion to vacate, if a member uh, calls for, for such a motion, does McCarthy get an unlimited number of uh, votes and an unnumber, unlimited number of ballots again to b- maintain his speakership, or is it a one-and-done situation?
1: I believe it's a one-and-done situation. It doesn't come up right away, so McCarthy would have some time. Uh, he might be able to delay it a little bit. He has a couple of tools um, to use to try to set it up in a way that um, he could be successful. He could even, you know, try. He didn't do this um, last week, but he could try to strike a deal with Democrats where they would, uh, keep, you know, vote to keep him in the speakership um, uh, in exchange for some, you know, commitments. And, and that was something that when this happened the last time or was on the verge of happening when um, then Congressman Mark Meadows used the motion to vacate to essentially push Speaker John Boehner out the door. Uh, you know, I think Boehner wrote in his memo- memoirs that, you know, he, he considered trying to uh, to to ask Democrats um, to vote for him to keep him in office. But he knew that his position would would be untenable, uh, even if that was the case. And so he obviously uh, decided to resign. So, you know, McCarthy, um you know, could would have those same considerations um, if that were to happen over the next two years.
0: And as Congressman Nfume just uh, noted this afternoon at five o'clock, uh, the House will begin considering a package of rules changes. Can you outline for us what those rules uh, would be changed uh, to do?
1: Well, you know, the biggest one is is that uh, members of the House Freedom Caucus, uh, you know, uh, and that was the place where it, it was the, the caucus was divided. But that's where most of the uh, the twenty hardliners who opposed McCarthy at one point um, uh, are serving on that caucus. Will get seats on the Rules Committee, and the Rules Committee is important because the Rules Committee decides what bills and under what conditions uh, they come to the floor. And so this um, change would essentially give the Freedom Caucus veto power over most. Um, legislation. So that's a big change. There's the motion to vacate uh, that you mentioned. Uh, McCarthy had wanted to keep essentially a change to that rule um, that Speaker, former Speaker Pelosi had uh, initiated to make it much harder to call that vote. Um, but he ended up having to relent and go back all the way to what it was um, under Speakers uh, Boehner and Ryan, um, which is what um, his opponents demanded. Um, you have formalized commitments that the that the Republicans will essentially force a confrontation over the debt ceiling and government funding um they've they're making commitments to how much money they're going to try to cut in the budget that of course Democrats in the Senate and in the White House are going to oppose um but it's going to cause um you know potentially deadlock and and potentially this could end up having uh, a big effect on the economy on on the markets as we see a repeat of the uh, brinkmanship that we saw uh, about a decade ago over the debt ceiling. Um and then there's there's other ones that um that open up the house rules. I know you were talking about this with the congressman um that you know force these appropriations bills to come up one by one instead of in an omnibus package and and also to allow um uh potentially unlimited amendments on the house floor which frankly, is something that, as the congressman indicated, is something that, you know, members of both parties would love to see, but it ends up proving, at least from the leadership's perspective, unworkable, because it leads to either very uh, politically uh, difficult votes that they don't want their members to have to take, or it really uh, drags out the time they have to spend on those bills um, and, and really slows down the gears of the government.
0: Russell Berman is a staff writer at The Atlantic. We're talking about Kevin McCarthy and his newfound uh, dream being realized that uh, it's an old dream that has now newly been realized that he is now the Speaker of the House, but he is the Speaker of the House with greatly attenuated powers from uh, some previous speakers. Um, A few people, Russell, um, particularly on the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, talked during these these marathon uh, ballots that kept uh, kept being taken uh, until finally, after you know, number fifteen, uh, Mr. McCarthy had enough va- uh, enough votes to become speaker. They talked about the possibility of a coalition government. They talked about Democrats siding with McCarthy to get him over the top, to get him uh, installed as speaker, in exchange for uh, you know uh, participation on committees, uh, even chair uh, chairmanships of uh, some subcommittees and stuff. Is is that at all something that people in Congress are talking about now? Given this motion to to vacate, given the the the, the sort of strident opposition to all things McCarthy from these uh, certainly five or six uh, extreme Republicans, if not uh, as many as twenty uh, extreme Republicans who held up thing the works uh, last week for for so long.
1: Well, you know, this is something that that heretofore had had really been. Uh, you know, denigrated as sort of a West Wing fantasy, right? Referencing the now, you know, twenty-year-old uh, NBC show um, about politics and 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 the White House and Congress. Um, but you know, if one, I think the answer to your question is if we do see that motion to vacate, um, uh, somebody use that. You know, Matt Gates, who's almost uh, you know had a, a trolling. Um, a performative nature to his service in government. Um, if somebody were to do that, you would hear talk uh. about that again. The other thing to consider, and it, it's not quite a coalition government, but the Republican majority is so narrow that you know the uh, what's known as a discharge petition becomes a very real possibility, especially uh, in case of the debt ceiling or government funding. Um, the Republicans, as we saw, can only lose. Um, no more than four seats at the moment or four votes at the moment um, in a party line vote, which means that if the Democratic Party in the House were unified and, and use this discharge petition, which is basically to force a vote on the floor, if you get 218 signatures, it uh, you can go around the leadership. They would only need to pick off about five Republicans at this point uh, to get that to the floor. And so that could be a real possibility if uh, we do see um, a lot of brinkmanship around the debt ceiling. If we see the markets start to crash, that that becomes a real possibility. And one of the Republican allies of of now Speaker McCarthy, um, Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania, actually I think mentioned this possibility on CNN uh, during the uh, you know the drama last week. Um, so I think that's something to watch a little bit more realistically than a coalition government. In, you know, in, in, where you would have a speaker that had support from both parties, which, you know, I don't think the House has seen, uh, certainly not in modern times.
0: The so called MAGA wing of the Republican Party uh, appears to be running the House of Representatives now, even though uh, most people uh, assess their. Uh, influence within the party still as a minority influence they are not the majority of republicans did republicans run on this did they run on you know uh investigating hunter biden uh, did they run on investigating the fbi did they run on what uh the the new chairman of the house judiciary committee jim jordan has promised for a a, a big uh inquiry into to tech firms and and that sort of thing is, is, were these were these winning uh uh, campaign platforms uh, that most Republicans ran on.
1: Well, you know, in some cases, yes, they they did run on this, and and I think the the analysis at the end of the final analysis of of what happened in November is that that's why the Republicans have a much smaller majority than everybody expected. Um, everybody uh, or a lot of people expected Kevin McCarthy to be elected Speaker fairly easily because Republicans would have a ten or fifteen or twenty or thirty seat. Majority similar to the majorities that they had during the Obama years, Um, but they underperformed. And that was in large part due to independent voters and even some Republican voters turning away from the party. We saw that, of course, most vividly in the big Senate races because Democrats actually gained a seat uh, in the Senate um, at the same time as they lost the House. Um, But the majority that the Republicans won, uh, you know, in November, I think suggests that yes, they did run on these issues, and they were um, in some in some ways punished for them. They also, of course, ran on inflation um, and, try, and tried to run on on more, uh, economic issues. Um, and of course, they'll I'm sure they'll bring up bills that they will argue will would reduce inflation. But um, you know, the reality is with the Democratic Senate and uh, Joe Biden in the White House, the most that they're going to be able to do is. The, the Are these investigations, they are not going to be able to get any of their uh, wish, you know, legislative wish lists uh, to, to Joe Biden's desk, much less signed into law. And so that's why once the, you know, the fallout from the, the speaker election subsides, uh, the most uh, you're going to hear for, for a few months from the House Republicans is just about these hearings and subpoenas and, and all of that.
0: During the uh, fight for the infrastructure bill and the and the large uh, uh, bills that uh, were originally introduced by Democrats in the early days of the Biden administration, there was an awful lot of focus on the the uh, the disunity of the Democratic Party. Uh, Hakim Jeffries uh, and his uh, new leadership team, you know, have been waiting in the wings for a long time. But uh, do you think that the Democrats now, uh, in fact, are are more unified, more? Together than they were uh, in the first few several months of the Biden administration,
1: without a doubt, and that's something that we see um, frequently. It's it's very easy to be united in opposing um, the majority party when you're in the minority. So the Democrats were always going to have an easier time unifying in the minority than they did when when it was their responsibility to govern and when the legislation that they were going to put on the floor actually had real teeth and a real chance, uh, you know, that the policy they were debating was going to actually affect real people because there was a chance that legislation would pass. Um, that's a bit different now. But at the same time, you know, this, that the whole last week is, you know, really the best thing that could have happened to Hakeem Jeffries and the whole leadership team, which obviously is coming in after, you know, Nancy Pelosi um Uh, you know, ruled the Democrats for the most of the past 20 years um, with the same leadership team, you know, Steny Hoyer of Maryland, Jim Clyburn of South Carolina. And now you have an all new leadership team. You know, Hakeem Jeffries has been in the leadership. But I mean, you saw the enthusiasm with with which not only, uh, you know, his close allies or members of the Congressional Black Caucus uh, supported Jeffries, but really across the spectrum. um, You know, the fact is that he more even than a week ago, has I think the unanimous support, at least right now, of the Democratic Party in the House. Now that will the big challenge will come if and when the Democrats can regain the majority and and Hakeem Jeffries is Speaker, because for right. anyone in that position, it's it's just more difficult than being. In and the
0: we party. will keep an eye on it with your uh, help, Russell Berman, a staff writer for the Atlantic. Thank you, appreciate it. Thanks. That's it for us today. Coming up tomorrow, we'll preview the upcoming 2023 legislative session in Annapolis with Bill Ferguson and Adrian Jones. I'm Tom Hall. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.
1: You're listening to your public radio, 881 WYPR.